What is up, everybody? This is another episode of the Common Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Brian Kern. Um, today's episode is featuring three different guests. So I hope it doesn't get too confusing for you guys. I had Trent in the studio with me, as always, uh, and I was joined by my buddies, my roommates, Oscar, uh, Roger from the Bronx and David Manley. Um, Roger and David have been really good buddies for over a decade. Uh, they were friends back in high school in New York, uh, and they are both brewers. So they are starting a they're starting a business of sorts. Uh, we kind of went over that in the episode and talked about what the business was going to be and entail and it's a, it's a work in progress right now, but uh, they're both very smart individuals. Both are very, very knowledgeable about the beer industry and have, uh, have had their hand in it extensively. Uh, both uh, done multiple uh, different homebrews. Uh, they've both worked with uh, very large breweries. Uh, currently, Roger works at Black Star out here, which is a huge co-op in the Austin, Texas area, uh, and he holds a very, very big role there. Um, and David has been a part of the Ellicottville Brewing Company up in uh, New York for, for a very long time, and, and, and they're one of the larger brewing companies up there. I think they're ranked, ranked up in the Northeast as far as uh, production output. And, yeah, so they're, they're a huge brewery. And the, these guys have their hand uh, uh, very much in that pot, and they're, they're on their way to, to doing big things. And we talked about that, and we kind of talked about the progression of the business and, and, and where what their parts are, how they play them, and, and uh, what roles they're going to be taking on as they move forward. And uh, it was a great conversation. Trent's involved as well. So we had four people going, but uh, we kept it organized. It was very clean. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was very, very nice to uh, sit down with these guys and, and, and pick their brains about some stuff and I'll obviously talk beer. It was fun. One of the main points that we did cover that I, I, I want to draw attention to, if I may, um, is, is uh, a brewer's union. Uh, David is, is very passionate about their needing to be uh, a union for brewers and, and independent brewers uh, for all, all over the country. Um, and, and he makes his case during this episode, and that's a point that we wanted to cover and make sure that we highlighted because um, he does believe that it's something that needs to happen soon. Uh, just with the way that the beer industry is going, there's an incline in microbreweries, obvi- obviously, uh, all over the country, um, San Diego, Austin, uh, New York, all those places are hotbeds for him, and they've experienced it on, on, on all three of those levels. So, you know, he he firsthand sees what it's like to be in that industry and uh, believes that a union would help, would benefit it a lot. So that's a point that we wanted to highlight, uh, and he, he speaks about it very well in the, uh, in the episode. Um, there is also a point which kind of seems like um, Trent is maybe against unions, and we kind of have a real deep discussion about it. And I've personally worked for unions before. Um, I, I, I see the benefits in them, and I think if they're ran properly, I'm a big proponent for there to be a mixed martial arts union as well. Anybody that's a friend of mine or a fan of the show knows my involvement with mixed martial arts, and I just it, there has to be a, a mixed martial arts union, uh, and I think there needs to be a union for any anywhere where there's a, a necessity for. Uh, people to be supported Uh, and I I, I think that's what unions do unions are a chance for people to be represented properly uh, and supported when maybe they don't know what they can rely on you know not everybody knows exactly what is available to them when it comes to their employment and their opportunities Um, and to have someone there that looks out for you and looks out for your job security and represents you well that's important and I believe that that is something that uh, David points to very well in this discussion, 
Trent, on the other hand, I don't, we, we didn't really ever get to it if Trent doesn't like unions. He may have just been playing devil's advocate, uh, but it created a really, really good discussion around what David believes is, is a very in- important topic. Uh, so, yeah, we got into that. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, we talk about beer a lot, so if you guys enjoy beer, this may be the episode for you. Uh, before we get into it, commonchaos.net for all your needs. We got merch up there. We've got new stickers coming out next week. I've been talking about it. They're finally done. We're getting them made. Uh, and also, I'm going to announce it now, and I will be announcing it on uh, every show up into the event. I will be sponsoring and attending the SoCal Psychout which is a festival that is being held in Pioneertown, California, March 16th through the 18th. Uh, that is a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. I will be there in person selling the merch, uh, interviewing bands, and yeah, really, really psyched about it. I did the festival last year, but it was under a different name. Uh, but, but all we did was, was uh, throw our, our name on there and, and help out with promotion. But this year I'm actually going to be there doing some merch, going to have some friends and family with me as well, going to be doing some big things out there. So I'm excited about that. Another California trip, getting ready to go. So yes, commonchaos.net, the common chaos on everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you're a mixed martial arts fan, this Saturday, tomorrow, UFC 220, Francis Ngannou challenges Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight championship of the world. It is a fantastic fucking fight. Don't sleep on the co-main event. Daniel Cormier defends his belt, his light heavyweight title, against Uzdemir, Volkan Uzdemir, which is, uh, that's going to be a very interesting fight. Uh, I have Cormier taking that one, but I may bet on, on Volkan, and I have, uh, I have Stipe going in the main event. I know people are calling me crazy, and I'm worried. I'm worried for him, but I'm calling for him. I'm pulling for him. I think he's going to, I think he's going to get it done. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I can do a fight companion with somebody or something. I really want to do a fight companion. If there's anybody that's listening to this and wants to do a fight companion with me somehow over Skype or something, please let me know. We'll do it. I'll record it. I'll put it up. I love MMA. Somebody help me out, please. Please. All right. Anyways, this is it. Episode with David Manley and Roger from the Bronx. I assure you that I got the crying Jordan face. All right, (laughs) (laughs) we are recording, and I think we are good. We're as we're jumping into it. We're Mm. talking about Trent taking the hardest L ever against. Maybe I need to learn a lesson that I suck. He came in talking. He came in talking smack and just. Look at listen here, David. <laughs> listen here. We had a pre a pre studio game of NBA, which has been the the uh, pattern for the last like month mm. for Trent and everybody before we come over here. And it Dave started was, off real strong for for me. You know, they Dave, bought the new game, and I've been taking these L's. David bought <laughs> NBA. Yeah, that is true. Trent did really well on t- on seventeen. They decided 16. to buy, or is it 16? Yeah, it was 16. They decided to buy 17, and David's been unstoppable. No, 18. <laughs> oh, oh, you skipped yeah. it one. Oh, okay. Yeah, we skipped yeah. one. Yep, yep. No, but um, it was uh, 67 points dropped by Antetokounmpo. That's against, one player. Against 67 points. 62 points scored by Trent's whole team. So, <laughs> oh. Getting real friendly. It was a little bad. It was a little bad. <laughs> Getting real friendly. It was a little bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was just a friendly match of NBA 2K18. 
It was, but, but don't it, we're, we're waiting on a couple of different. I'm gonna get the uh, the now. sound clip of David doing the unleash chaos anytime <laughs> he just slammed on everybody. Unleash the chaos. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. All right, so we're gonna get right into this. We're this is the Comic Chaos Podcast. I'm Brian Kern, the host, joined by Trent as always. We also have David Manley and Roger from the Bronx but, uh, with us today in the studio. They are two friends of mine, uh, and David is Becca's brother. They're my roommates, my buddies, uh, and we're going to talk about beer today uh, because that's just what we're going to be doing, talking about beer, discussing that. That's what Roger and David do. They are both brewers, right? Correct? Am I correct in that? Very correct. Both brewers, and they are on their journey for to start their uh, their own it's a business, right? We're we aligned. I don't think there's any type of, they're just going, they're doing it. They're going, they're on their way. They're both in the industry, very deep in the industry, both uh, brew their own beers. Now they're under one roof and the ball is in motion. You're in a very interesting place here in Austin that there are growing microbreweries all over, uh, all over, all over. Yeah. Roger. I mean, can speak a little bit more about it than I can. Yeah. There's over 40 breweries in Austin at the moment. Mm. And they're making a lot of good stuff, man. The juice they're putting out right now is fantastic. Um, I don't even know where to start. Cause well, speak on the one that he, we re, you guys cracked open before we got here. Yeah, the uh, the um, the Sputnik. Yeah, so we had Sputnik. That's a Russian Imperial coffee oatmeal stout from Austin Beer Works. And they did a kickoff for it. They had another version that was called Winter Green that also had vanilla and mint in it, and it was fantastic. Um, the beers that they're making over there are just so good. One of my other favorite breweries right now is High Sign. They're making these New England style IPAs that are just killer. Uh, right now we have I Can't Even on at Black Star, and I can barely keep it on trap. You know, it's awesome. And the scene is just killing it, you know. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of wild. I mean, coming from uh, New York, you don't really hear a lot about Texas beer and I mean, I just moved down here about three weeks ago, and it's insane to see the amount of just the amount of beer and styles, different styles, a lot of different places, too, that have craft beer all over the city. And it's it's kind of a big thing, but not in a pretentious way. Uh, Up in New York City nowadays, uh, that's where Roger and I first met back in high school started brewing in college and uh there were it's just gotten to a point where there used to be not so much of a scene on the east coast and now it's become this whole culture of almost like wine snobs but to beer and like solving on spear something just like napa and all that would be on the west coast but over on the east coast i would take it even further and kind of just say it's kind of like the sneaker culture oh yeah people are lining up to like get these beers (laughs) and yeah uh there's limited supply and on beer advocate and get the next whale that's coming out because these beers are just too good so Mm. to see that the east coast is has its own style and it's coming down here is fantastic and people are doing it very well you know, these hazy IPAs are just, they're the juice. They're just so good. Is that something that's strictly down here, these hazy IPAs I that mean, you guys have been talking no, about? No, no. Yeah. That that started up, up in the Northeast, uh, particularly yeah. up there. They, in New they, England. Yeah, up yeah. in New England. They were try, I mean, just making a different style. I think one of the ones that I remember when I moved back out up to New York City in 2011 uh, the big name up in the Northeast was Heavy Topper uh, by the Alchemist up in uh, Berlin, or Waterbury, Vermont. 
and they they strictly sold it in 16 ounce cans uh they were the first ones that were just doing tall unfiltered ipas in cans they said drink it out of the can because people at the time really just wanted clear nice looking beer not if they saw it all hazy and murky and you know hops floating around in it they didn't really want to drink it out of a glass you know so they just said drink it out the bot or drink it out the can Nowadays, you're seeing that everywhere. Uh, everywhere cans, IPAs, and that hazy stuff is everywhere. But yeah. it, and that's only five, six years. It is kind of a trend. A lot of like mm-hmm. brewers kind of think, oh, it's just hazy IPAs again. You know, like that's just riding the wave, and mm. it's just kind of a style that's gonna die out. But for some reason, I mean, they just taste delicious. It's a whole different style, and you know, there's a lot of breweries just making a name for themselves off of that particular style. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys got you got one that you're making up right now, right? Yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna be ready this week, and I'm pretty excited. About it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be the biggest grin of all time. Over it. Looking it's real crazy. good. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, <clears throat> when I was up in, I worked up in a brewery in upstate New York uh, called Ellicottville Brewing Company. It was about an hour south of Buffalo, and it was awesome working for them. They had a ton of ingredients I could use and just make small little pilot batches, and just got to play around a whole bunch of unlimited supply of ingredients and i was always just trying to make something new something different and i mean i do love ipa so i was pretty much just making these big juicy home-brewed five gallon ten gallon ipas and that's kind of what i still like to do and i want to keep pursuing that route i guess um just because i like to drink it and i like to make what i like to drink but Mm -hmm. you know if it's good i think others will drink it and enjoy it so kind of a it's a it's a style that's not going anywhere like a people are kind of feeling that it's just a trend right now and i and i personally don't think so like the black ipa kind of was a trend for a couple of years but i think with this it's just so easy to drink and it has no season mm-hmm. you can drink it in the summer you can drink it in the fall and that's a big deal when it comes to beer because we love our seasonals but if you can have something that can just stay around. You know, you have your West Coast style IPA, you have your East Coast style. Now you have these New England style IPAs. This the IPA category is just gonna broaden out, and there's gonna be subcategories in it. Eventually, they're gonna be recognized, and it's it's awesome to see. For those people who aren't beer connoisseurs or maybe even beer drinkers, what is an IPA? So, uh, yeah, you got it. <coughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, originally back in the day, right back in the day, uh, when the British. Uh, colonizing India back in the 18th century they were sailing there you know the they wanted sailors wanted to drink beer beer couldn't keep as well if it didn't have more hops which are a preservative more alcohol kind of just to keep it from spoiling so the brewers in England would brew these really big beers that were you know higher alcohol percentage and just more ingredients and it would keep for longer so when it got to india they were drinking this beer those sailors loved it so when they went back to england they didn't really they couldn't find that beer anywhere up in england you know that wasn't that was just something they could get in india so a lot of brewers started making it and Mm kind of died off but uh the american homebrew like homebrew scene kind of brought that back and a lot of big breweries stone brewing on the west coast for one sierra nevada yep uh, just started using a lot more hops and, you know, rejuvenated that style. And it's it's crazy because that, that was only 20, 30 years ago was when these breweries were 
starting to really get that style going and mm-hmm. watching it evolve. It's like every five years, there's a whole new, you know, hop site, like n- tons of new different types of varieties of hops, uh, new techniques in brewing IPAs. Mm-hmm. It's like this evolving uh, style that's always changing and uh, palettes always change. So I, it's also created new styles, you know, like this New England IPA. That's you do kind of see like a little style, like yeah. trends will be around for a while and they'll kind of, a new one will come in real heavy. Yeah. That's one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you guys on is you're both obviously really knowledgeable about the beer, the history and the, the, the entire beer world. You guys seem like you're very enveloped in and very, um, that that's consumes obviously your guys' time. I think everybody, especially guys when they're in their early 20s, late teens, they're like, oh, I want to brew beer, drink beer with my buddies. It's kind of like a thing. You guys are actually doing it. You guys are actually pursuing it. What made you want to go the route of beer, but more so being older now and actually getting into the business and wanting to actually start the business and get it going? What are you guys hoping to do with that? Like, What about beer? Are, are you just trying to make like a good style? Are you guys trying to push the envelope? I know you've got a little bit of a of a, a union thing that we'll talk about as well. But getting into the beer industry, why is it something that you guys want to get into, and what do you hope to do with it? There's always a market for beer. Mm. Whether you're broke, whether you're rich, you're still gonna drink a damn good yep. beer. Yep. So okay, that's first and foremost. Yeah, and I I, I mean I just kind of remember when we like started home brewing back in New York City. It was while we were sitting at a bar. We all just were sitting around the table and we were like, you know, why why don't we make beer? Because there aren't any good IPAs out in New York City right now. That, this was back in like 2011. Like it hadn't really, you know, coming from San Diego and when I w- where I went to college. So you guys obviously were friends, and I, I just want to paint this background picture. Okay. You guys were friend in hi- friends in high school. You went uh, David went to San Diego for a little bit. Yeah. You went back to New York, and that's where you guys reconnected and started this whole idea. Hey, we're gonna start brewing beer together. Business down the road in the future. Let's get it started. Yeah, right. exactly. 2011 is that time frame. Yeah, cool. So, so around 2011, you know, we're sitting around at a, uh, we're sitting at the beer authority in Manhattan, and we're just like, you know, hanging out, drinking beers. Decided, why don't we make an IPA? Like, we could try it in San Diego when they went to come visit me. All my friends went down there. I was trying to put them onto the craft beer scene and whatnot. And um, so we decided to go to a homebrew store, kind of just started brewing beer in uh, Roger's apartment in Bushwick. So that was kind of where it all really started getting go- uh, getting ha- going. The idea started, the idea you know, started manifesting yeah. and bouncing it back and forth. All right. And so it, it, it was weird, though. So we ended up, um, uh, so a friend of mine, uh, he was up at Upstate in college, and he ended up doing some research he saw that there was an alumni uh his name was peter kreinheater he was a really cool guy uh owns a brewery out in western new york but was in uh was gonna do some like charity event i guess or something school fundraiser up at geneseo so my buddy goes up to him says hey we want to start a brewery how can we get in on this and kind of open the door for myself to get into a commercial brewery uh, to go work hands-on in mm-hmm. manufacturing and producing uh, quite a bit of beer. Um, so my friend and I went out there and did that for a few years. Roger, he stayed back in Manhattan. and I stood in the city. I got a, a job because of David working at the Pony Bar, which if you haven't been, I highly recommend it. Dan has a great selection of beers on 
all the time. Shout out to the Pony Bar. Shout out to the Pony yeah, Bar. Manhattan. It's you get a special um, badge on Untap. Right yeah. Um, if you go and check in, because they're awesome. And from working there, um, I basically was like, all right, I need a job at a brewery. I want to do this whole beer thing. And there was a new brewery on the up and up called Gun Hill Brewing. And they had been open for about five months. And I went in, had a really good time. And I was trying to look for another job at that time. So I just went in there and was just like, hey, I work at the Pony Bar. I would love to volunteer for you guys for a bit. And eventually, I would, I got a job in about six months after volunteering for a little bit. And I loved it. You know, I was bartending. I got to learn about bottling beer, delivering beer, selling beer. So we got very two different experiences. Uh, you know, David was making the beer, and I was out on, like, the front of house and, you know, on the selling side and distribution, which was cool. So we really got a nice perspective of things um, coming down and going into all of this. So it's kind of t- tackling it from both angles. Exactly. Yeah, and you're you're constantly, I mean, I know you're just brand new to the house, but Roger's constantly, like, working, man. Always just beer, 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 constantly. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it kind of amazes me. I, that's why I'm excited because from the outside perspective, I mean, obviously I get a ton of beer because you guys live in the house, but yeah. from the outside <laughs> perspective, just seeing this kind of develop as going from like the idea, obviously, and then seeing like the work that Roger's putting in and now that you're here, you guys have already brewed up a couple of batches of beer and you've only been here a couple of weeks. Yep. It already seems like you're getting the game plans written down and getting them at least manifested. Like I see the ideas flowing constantly with you guys and you're constantly talking about new ideas you guys have and what you're looking to do and it's it's really interesting to see that from the outside too, which is is, is nice. So the yeah. fact that you guys kind of started doing different things, I think I don't know. Yeah, I, it's interesting yeah. because it seems like that's still the same route, but you're still it's still moving along. It's, a, it's all you know the the general idea was kind of like, hey, why don't we eventually can plan to create a spot where our friends would want to hang out or could work or you know whatever you know just we want to we we got a lot of people and you know it's all community and beer and. You know, right. meeting people, you know, talking about it, learning like the beer, the beer community is it's the best part. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, they, you get to make so many friends over beers and like it's just so much fun. It's always a there's party. nothing stale about that. It there's seems nothing like, stale. And it's like, like who's going. making the new juice? You know, who's making this crazy beer Love that you refer to? That, the juice. Yeah. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> and like, what is it that someone's doing new? You know, it's incredible mm-hmm. to see what pe- some people can make a beer out of. So, like, right now at Black Star, we have uh, a beer called Pina Coapa, and it tastes like a pina colada, but it's a beer. There's They put some pineapple and coconut in it. They rum barrel-aged it, and it's just unbelievable that you can make what tastes like a cocktail into a beer. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of innovation right now in beer that is so fantastic it's kind of it reminds me a lot of belgium where nothing is this is the same and depends on where mm-hmm. you are and you know a lot of those breweries just make one beer or a handful of beers and that's it but it's fascinating that these brewers here are in, in the states as a whole have such a large portfolio of what they're technically capable of and that is fascinating they're taking the culinary sense and putting it into a beer Mm-hmm. And, you know, like they have I had a beer at Tired Hands and uh, right outside of Philly. And it was incredible. It, it tasted like um, a creamsicle, like a lime creamsicle. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. Same. Now, 
Am I going to drink five of those? I'm not. But the fact that a brewer can create that blows my mind. (laughs) And for that one beer, I really enjoyed it. It was unbelievable. And it's that kind of creativity that is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I mean, it's it's also, you know, to a winemaker, not to discredit their knowledge and whatnot, you, you know, it's with wine, it's grapes, where you grow them, type of barrels you put it in, whatnot. With beer, you have four ingredients, you know, just the base, right? You know, you have water, malted grains, so barley, wheat, rye, anything like cereal, think about it, think about it like that. Uh, there's hops, which uh, give it, you know, citrusiness, uh, bitterness, all of that kind of flavor. IPAs are made with a lot Probably, of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeast is the fourth ingredient. That's what gives us alcohol. That's in everything from, you know, wine, all that other stuff. So, uh, but it's four ingredients and then you can add so many other ingredients. So you're, you're really a chef when it comes down to beer, wine, you just, you really should know that. Well, I have some on my mind, but I'll continue. So there are, okay. So this is my history of beer a little bit, just so we can, I worked at BevMo and I was in charge of doing a lot of the ordering there. I was in the beer section, right? Did a lot of the tastings. So I've kind of fell down that beer rabbit hole, never got in too much into the brewing, but I definitely enjoyed the different styles, the different varieties. There was, you were talking about kind of trends and, and you think the black IPAs was a big trend. Now it's the hazy IPAs. If I'm not mistaken, there was a trend probably like six or seven years ago where they were getting really sweet, not the ciders, but they were doing like Abita has purple haze, right? So that was a real popular run. And then uh, the fruit beers. I think it's called Sea Dog did like a blue paw, like a blue dog, blue paw one where it's it was blueberry blueberries. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was huge. And I remember so. that was really the first time where I was like, oh, shit, beer can get really interesting from that perspective. If you're adding fruits and you're still making something that's it wasn't a cocktail tasting. It wasn't fruity tasting. It wasn't like a cider type of taste. It was a beer. But you were getting those hints of blueberry. You were getting that hints of whatever was sweet that was in there that was giving it that kick. You know, obviously, Shock Top's huge. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of breweries are doing like orange wheats. You see Hangar yeah. 24 I mean, and Lost so Coast having their orange wheats. Everybody kind of does their own little sweet variety. But I remember that was big a couple years back. And that's really what kind of turned me on that you can get creative. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the brewery, Ellicottville, that I was brewing at, uh, that was our flagship beer, was a blueberry wheat. And yeah, okay. all cool. through Buffalo, that is our biggest beer. We made thousands and thousands of barrels of beer of just the blueberry. And, it, you know, it's... For what that style calls for, it's a very, very solid beer, and you know it's it it's it's sold since the '90s and is still their flagship to this day. So That's I awesome. mean, it's and you know I mean, but that being said, it's still. It, that's a craft in itself right. is creating that recipe that people still want to drink twenty years down the road. That's crazy, and I I mean European beers. You go to towns that. That's their one style of beer. That's what that brewery has been brewing for 500 years, you know, so, and people still drink it. Same mm-hmm. recipe, so. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. you and guys just got back from Europe, did a little Euro trip, got to go to Oktoberfest. And, oh, yeah. and just, like, even the culture around some of the beers. So, like, one of, one of our favorite places that we went was Cologne in Germany, and that's where the style Kolsch comes from. And just the way mm-hmm. they serve it, the way they uh, carry it and bring it out. like So they come in about six or seven ounce pours, and it's like a, it looks like a test tube in a way. And mm. it's 
it's awesome. The beer stays cold. It tastes so fresh. And, you know, every brewery has its own different version of it, but they only and they all make cultures. And it's yeah, sick. You're not ordering an IPA in Cologne. It's not happening. They literally yeah. <laughs> are. You're, you're getting the culture that's in their house. And, I mean, it's fantastic. It's a fresh right there. You know, that is literally the freshest beer that you're going to get. It's young, awesome beer that, I mean, it, it just... And all the food it goes with there as well. I mean, the whole community in Germany, you know, it's just beer houses pretty much. So you're you're going there to eat and drink. So food pairs so well with it. And just depending on where you're at, you know, they have more traditional food styles and whatnot and flavors that really do pair well with that that type of beer as well. So, yeah. uh, uh, so I was going to bring up that, you know, be in in the beer community, particularly people who are continually uh, drinking beer, uh, there's generally a lot of access to it. But when you're outside of the brewing community and you're outside of the brewery, you see that there's not a lot of options other than domestic beers. You know your cores, your Millers. Uh, what do you what do you think uh, is the, I guess the bridge between where you see like a Hopadillo? Uh, style IPA or Thirsty Goat in a bar, and what what does it take to get a craft brew into a, a higher traffic or high occupancy? So that's gonna have it to be something you guys tackle, right? Getting into the oh. business and getting your beer in bars, like. Of course, I think it deals more with your market, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the toughest things sometimes to get by. And beyond that, it's also who's the beer buyer, and w- are they willing to take the risk of getting the craft beer? And usually. Yeah, you make more money on craft beer than you do on a Bud Light. Right. And if you price it out correctly, it really it really works out in your favor. And it's going to taste very similar. But it depends on the beer buyer having the patience to find that beer that their market's going to enjoy, whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. And they have to have the, the staff that's educated enough to sell it. Right. If you're not selling it, then it's not going to work for you, even if you can make more money. But it depends on who's running the program. Just so people can follow along. The beer buyer is the person that purchases the beer for the bar. Roger actually does that for the bar. He currently works at Black Star. So he's basically the one. You're in charge of what's on tap at all times, right? Or uh, what the bar uh, has. Guest draft beers. Correct. So that's. To me, I mean, this whole, you know, distribution type thing, uh, just uh, this is why there is a resurgence of a lot of really small craft breweries all over America now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like, I mean, it's 40 in Austin. Plus in San Diego is a crazy statistic, right? I guess that's the most per New York, York, all of that. But yeah, I mean, and that's the most, right? Because it's hard to get, you know, dis- distributors, you got to think about this. They run the game. They yeah. are, in, in terms, you know, they they have all the power when it comes right. down to it. What's, what you're selling to that distributor, mm-hmm. it's what they want, you know, and they want what their you know sales team is going out on the ground talking to all these other bars and you know it also just comes down to relationships the bartender the bartender knowing the clientele Mm -hmm. and what they're telling that rep like there's all these different dynamics with it like i've gone on some sales runs with the distributor that we used in buffalo and Wow, like I mean, there's it, a lot to it. Oh, the 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 relationships that you would go in and see at these, you know, <laughs> like uh, with the with the the sales guy, right? You go into a bar, one bar, it's like, oh, they're, how's your mom? How's your kids? Yep. 
stuff like that. Then you go into the next one and it's like you're getting yelled at by the boss because he's like, stop pressuring me. You know, like I think it's, I, I've seen it. I've seen some. some My buddy's nice. a, a, yeah. a sales representative for Gate City. They do all the Miller Coors products out in the desert, out mm-hmm. in California. And he does all the Yucca bars. That's like yeah. his route. He does a lot of bars in Yucca and a lot of like the Palm Springs bars. Mm. And he says that the people in Yucca are the worst just because <laughs> they're like, they want just a beer that's going to get yeah. the, get the bar money. Like they don't want nothing fancy. He's like the guys in Palm Springs want all the nice shit. They don't want anything cheap everybody's all fickle right. well leading in because you brought up that beer culture is, is is kind of aligning with like sneaker culture and 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 culture in general is taking over a lot of different uh products what does it take to build a um i guess a, a highly liked likable brand in the beer industry i see that now things like clown shoes which you guys bring up uh they have an appealing can uh there's there's a lot of uh, graphic design that goes into building uh, from the product to the overall brand. Well, I think uh, one of the biggest things is, you know, if your label can can be as good as your beer, it's always fantastic. It's always a plus. But even bigger than that, I really believe that it's who you know, and, mm-hmm. and like it is in any industry. It's your network of, you know, brewers and sales reps and Who's talking about your brand? Mm-hmm. Who's going to pitch your brand? Who's going to buy your brand and make sure it gets out to the market because they like you and they really like what you sell. Mm-hmm. And if you're making the good juice, no one's going to deny it. You must right. have such an advantage now that I think, like you actually saying that makes me think that you being the beer buyer get to see all these good pitches, these bad pitches, people coming in with their shitty beer, their good beer, their fantastic beer and how they present the product. Are they presenting the product like it should be presented? Hey, this is a really good beer. You should be talking about it mo- a lot more highly than you what can you are act like a consumer from your point. Yeah, exactly. and then now yeah. you know what a good beer pitch sounds like, and now you know what a good beer taste plus a good beer pitch sounds like, and if you probably took on a newer product or somebody that's just coming to you with that wants you to trust that the beer is good and purchase it and you try it and it is and you bring them on, that's what you can aim to try to do now at, at this point because you're, exactly. you're in that place. So that's fan- that's I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. fantastic. And that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to be a beer buyer. Yeah, and like honestly, the approach. free samples are that's a brilliant. fantastic. I, bonus. And, hey, and I was gonna say, <laughs> since you got that role, you've been so jacked about it, and it's been, it's cool to kind of watch because you're you're talking about the advantages, and you're you're talking about your network and having to network with people, and it is who you know, and it is how you get into the industry. You're doing that, and you're having a great time doing it. But you you've talked about how you're able to go out with people, you're able to go out with other sales representatives, see how they do business, exactly. kind of get in their ear, and if you can build that connection, why not take advantage of it? Yeah. It's brilliant. No, 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 it makes total sense total sense it's brilliant i'm excited man i'm excited for the manly whatever it is whatever it ends up being whatever yeah. you guys create whatever you guys manufacture and, and and whatever any skill large small however it goes i mean you guys like you said you're not even really set in stone on a specific idea but it seems like the the options are there you guys have several options if if you wanted to take them you know you still got a long way to go as far as what you want to learn and what you want to achieve but i think that's all part of the process because as you achieve those things you want to get and you're like you you want to be a, a cicerone right is that what it's called uh, right you know no i mean t- is right, that right now it's like i i mean in more more so it's just in terms of what i want to do is i want to create my own my own beer my own brand i want to mm-hmm. you right. know brew 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 and i i really just need you know more people to drink it i guess is kind of the that's, thing that's so that's and, well, people because, people and, that, and, and, and people will and 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 that's and oh of course and and so you know right now it, all it is is 
getting a whole setup. I mean, we're so, we're so new, just like the fact that Roger and I could link up finally after you know it's been uh, I was up years yeah I you know it's been <laughs> it's been over the last like four or five years you know in planning and whatnot so it's good to like you know uh, merge and but it doesn't seem like it's been time that's oh, been no. spent either you've exactly. been off doing your thing you're obviously yeah. your and, and, the, and now you're just combining the powers yeah mm-hmm. and the good thing is is you know I mean we we've always kept a tight crew of friends and you know it's just always uh you know it's like it literally feels like yesterday we were kicking it in high school, you know, like yeah, yeah. doing the same exact thing, you know, like, I mean, being a drink of beer, literally drink a beer, um, like, yeah, Ted, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> play you some know, video games, yeah, chill NBA, <laughs> some NBA, some trying to go, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, um, uh, but I, I mean, uh, it, it, it's really, uh, right now, uh, just just getting into the community austin like the beer scene out here is 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 a whole new thing you know new york was totally different than san diego and i I was first exposed to san diego and then i was new york city and then i went upstate new york by you know erie the whole uh you know western pennsylvania western new york all of that so i'm i'm i i've been in a few different areas and it's good to see trends in all of those areas mm-hmm. and still having kind of roots to fall back on to go visit and see it again and see what they're doing, how it's expanding, all of that. Right. A lot of it does just go down to drinking beer, but yeah. you do have to, you just have to. So how do you get knowledge. like uh, one of your new uh, new batches into into people's hands to drink? What is, what are, what is some of your game plan? to get that into other people's hands new customers so, new new clientele yeah, yeah. How do so, you get so right now i mean honestly it's a it's this is this is where it all starts i mean it's mm-hmm. word of mouth and just talking making friends making connections you know hey you want to come over i got hey i got bottled beer you want to try some hey i you know i really hope that you, you know, guys pick up with with grant when we leave i, I hope you guys do something with that because it seems like he's i mean he's got a beer podcast it, it seems yeah. like he'd be probably a, a good connect to have and so i i mean i hope that but yeah it seems like what it is it's well just do you get your exactly. do you get into festivals do you see yourself is that somewhere you see yourself doing or i mean you kind of have to right yeah. getting into tasting so, so at the moment right now i you you really need to deal like you need to deal with the texas state law when it comes down to producing alcoholic beverages and selling it or giving it away Mm -hmm. there are laws a lot of them in texas Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more than say new york it's very tough there are a few couple breweries down here i uh i was lucky enough to go to the craft brewers conference uh in washington dc this past summer in Mm -hmm. uh 2017 and uh heard a seminar actually done by some local austin uh breweries one jester king and the other was hops and grain and they were just talking about the laws and all of the loop all of the the issues things they had to go through just zoning laws you know a lot of different things just little things you wouldn't think of that Mm -hmm. a brewery has to go through in texas you know there's still laws on just what percent alcohol well that being said uh here in texas um it's much easier for you to uh, distribute beer than, let's say, a liquor, because the beer industry is trying to uh, to basically squash yeah. 
yeah. as far as from big big brands like Miller or Coors, they don't want liquor inside of the gas stations. They they make it very difficult for you to uh, distribute liquor. So beer being said, it's 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 a lot easier uh, uh, to get into establishments to be able to sell your. It is, it is, and and I mean, but uh, what what it comes down to is finding that location to actually, you know, produce a beer, getting the licensing to get it into places, and also you got to think about in Austin, you know, there are you know, forty other plus breweries out here, you know, yeah. so it's like more so maybe trying to find like a community following locally, something like that. Maybe, you know, I, I also, one, one thing I really want to dabble into as well is coffee. I think coffee is a huge market. Oh, it's it's huge. Huge. And, and I mean, coffee's so great. Like you can, you can do so many cool things with coffee and it falls in line with um, kind of the same culture. Like there's the different styles of coffee. You can get the artsy cans, you get the little subcultures of whatever groups or communities are doing it. There's always a story just like beer, just like the shoes, exact same route. So, and especially the, the, you can, you can blend the two, the one that we had today the uh, the Sputnik, yeah. Yeah. it's a coffee exactly. stout. Like the coffee and beer, almost seem to go hand in hand. Oh, they are fantastic. Especially together, places yeah. that do both as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's a, I mean, uh, a few breweries that do, you know, uh, roast their own coffee beans as well and package and sell coffee, and uh, they, they're just, they kind of go hand in hand. It's brewing, it's roasting, it's grains. You know, it's all, it's fruit. It's you're dealing with. Um, you're dealing with a lot in in terms of uh, production, production. But if you can keep it simple, which home brewing, it you know it's, it's for some reason smaller batches always taste better, right? Like this is why the corner coffee house, right, mm-hmm. tastes a lot better than say like big mass produced roasting star, right, right? You know, and um, you know I I think that even goes with beer. I, I mean, they're not. I'm not taking away like you know, big beer and all that. Like people can make really, really, really solid beer mm-hmm. on a large system. But when when you go into like a smaller brew pub that has that really tiny system, and you have that leeway to play with a lot more ingredients and just make some weird, funky <coughs> beers that you know they're not going to last um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably run out real quick. But whatever. If you're cranking out good stuff, I think people will come. It's right. all about location uh, for for myself, but that's kind of my vision. I want to be more like a why not just like a local corner spot, you know, like that could eventually m- become small, more local small corner spots. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like that. You know, like like a Carl uh, Strauss. Yeah, Carl's, yeah, like well, yeah, Carl yeah. Strauss is kind of fancy, but they they had the one bar restaurant where they had the brew system to it, and you could do the little tours. And then they got the other restaurants, and now there's like what four more or five in San like, Diego. Yeah, P. Terry's. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, that's that's <laughs> like a, I mean that's I mean yeah. 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 You want to be that mass produced, something like that? Nah, well, I mean, I mean, you know, who, easily who accessible, who but on e- a small easy, scale, easily accessible, and, and you know, that's that's kind of the whole whole gist of it. Do you it, see that? Do you see that with like? Okay, so that's kind of a good thing, so, or, or at I least interesting to think about. A P. Terry's, that's obviously like a Texas thing, but let's take In and Out. In and Out obviously started in California as like a little just right. diner, In and Out drive through place. Got your burgers the popularity and the demands there so it's now opened up in other states and now when states get them it's announced it's like this big ordeal oh hey this state's getting its first in and out i remember when texas got their first in and out it was a fucking huge deal all Mm -hmm. over the news 
up in Dallas. Do you see smaller breweries doing that? Like, do you, would you ever imagine a Carl Strauss or a Stone well, opening up in another state? Because well, they're known for their San Diego, I think Southern of, California location. One of my favorite sure ones are. is Pizza Port. Huh? I think they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Carl Strauss is. Uh, Carl Strauss has spots, uh, yeah. but Pizza Port really? is one of my favorites. Pizza Port. That is right. That is right. That is right. Pizza Port. I forgot about. They're small. They they make killer beer at all their locations. They're they're it's. You know, they started as mm-hmm. a, just that pizza spot on the so beach. So is that a route you yeah. may want to go? Yeah, like or I, would you know, sorry, I'm not, I'm not ever you. trying to, like, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't think mass producing, why, like, that's that's great. You know, like, right. I, mm-hmm. I think that's cool to each their own. That's a different business route. But Macro I th- yeah, yeah. If you go just smaller and, like, can just, you know, you're cranking it out, but it gives you more more leeway. Just stay consistent. Know your science, your practice behind it, and, and do it. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Simple formula, simple results. Well, yeah. if you if you think about like a, a macro brewery like Coors, you know they're known for li- being in Colorado. Budweiser, I would you. I mean, they're mo- now more acquainted to Texas. They weren't always that way. It was Milwaukee, wasn't it, for Budweiser? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Miller Lite. Uh, Miller Budweiser is St. St. Louis. Right? St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. That's well, right. and now there's a huge brewery for Bud Budweiser here in Texas and Bud Light specifically. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it branches and things become more cold. Uh, Geo loc geocultured is that a word? Geographically located. Geocultured. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. you know Bud Light is really big here in Texas. I guess. I guess. Like well, it's a highly consumed. I would. Beer. I would say like, it's hard to compare macro to micro. Mm-hmm. It's really a whole other industry. Because there's only it, a it, few macro. But they do switch. Micros, they do right? switch. Think of like a, a fat tire or or here well, in Texas like a Ziegenbach or New Belgium's not a macro brewery. Yeah, they're still considered they're, they're smaller, considered right? they, Yeah, they are, but they're but w- they're they're, re- well, they're well, regional. They're they just have regionally. Dis- they have yeah. they're distributed regionally. Yeah, exactly. But that's just because they were picked up by a distributor. Well, yeah. Shiner brewery- Shiner was a a microbrewery, and then they got bought by Coors. Uh, well, they bought by Coors, so at yeah. this point, I'm not sure. But they, I, I don't I don't know enough about Shiner. But I will say, if we're gonna go on this kind of rant, I would say this market in Texas is big on Hefeweizens. In yeah. New York, okay, you can yeah. barely find a Hefeweizen mm. unless you go to like it's a German true. beer bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you don't see that style often. You'll see wheat beers, you'll see white beers, but you won't see Hefeweizens often. Mm. But here, All because of Live Oak, there's Hefeweizens everywhere. Okay. And a lot of people make their own. People love them. And they're just like, can I get a Hef? They're not even thinking about where it's from. No. They're not trying to... St- taste anything else if they like kind of crafty they're gonna be like yo let me get a half mm-hmm. and that's thanks to live oak and that's a beautiful thing that a right. microbrewery stepped up it's been around for years at this shout out live oak and has created such a demand for a style like mm. that is how you penetrate uh an industry yeah <laughs> you know mm. yeah yeah well one of i don't know what what are some more uh, I guess m- larger Hefeweizens. Uh, Blue Moon. I mean, Blue Moon. Yeah. Linen Kugel too. Mm-hmm. Linen Kugel. Is, is yeah. that be your? Be what, uh, wouldn't it just be a wheat, wheat beer, Belgian is, wheat? Is uh, it, it, it's not a Hefeweizen. Oh, well, it's a Belgian style wheat beer. What is Hogarden? Uh, like, Hogarden's a wit. Shock. So that's also a Belgian white. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of my. That's also favorites. an orange Belgian white, because they're all copying mm-hmm. Hogarden. Pretty much, mm. I would say. Um, Ziegenbach. Uh, well, it, no, Ziegenbach's not a half It would be like what Schneiderweiss. 
But that's not. But that's, that's German. Not, that's yeah. German. I guess big in the states. That's a good no, question. Live Oak is probably the biggest. The guy biggest in the states, mm-hmm. and. But I don't know. We can look it up. There's a yellow. There's like a yellow label heft that's pretty big. It's like a yellow and a black label. I can't think of it. See, I don't drink enough heft. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not big on the hefts either. So, yeah. in New York, do you see a lot of uh, uh, Mexican beers? They started really hitting hard. I want to say, um, probably around 2012. Really? Like the Dos Equis and those? The I want to say I probably had my first Dos in high school. But like Tecate, like mm-hmm. taking over and Modelo to take like Modelo yeah. was always around. Yeah. But I didn't see Tecate till like. Well, didn't Modelo just get bought out? Didn't somebody buy Modelo? Yeah, AB. Yeah. AB and yeah. Bev. Um, that, you see the all, astronaut all commercials now. They got commercial. Like they're going hard on the commercials yeah. now though. Like they mm. used to have like that one-off commercial every now and then. But now you see a lot of beer companies with like heavy. I remember when Blue Moon had commercials heavy and mm. everybody was about blue moon but it's and also interesting orange and everything exactly even even in this market I, i'm seeing um several breweries do mexican style lagers right and you also yeah, don't yeah, see yeah. that in yeah. new york and like yeah. it's kind of cool to see that like you know uh, how the culture is different depending right. on your location you're gonna get that you're gonna get that yeah. and mm. i think that's fantastic it's like yo fuck your dos Equis. yeah we got our own Mexican style lager yep. that's gonna be that much better. Right. Like that's awesome. Like way mm-hmm. to just be like, we see we, we see you taking our lines. Mm-hmm. We're gonna come back and we're gonna make it better, and people are gonna love it. Right. Like it's not about the brand anymore. Like it used to be. You know, all the old school cats, all the baby boomers are gonna be like, yo, I'm a Bud guy, I'm right. a Miller guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like you stick to your brand. That's the that's your brand till you die. Mm-hmm. Now it's like. Fuck a brand. It's all about the style. You know why that possibly is, though? Because of the trans... Because... Oh, at least in... Because everything's about culture, right? So I have... In my opinion, it's probably because the Cowboys went from from uh, Budweiser to Miller. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's probably some <laughs> higher thinking. But, you know, when, when you're... when your team Anchor Steam here and thank them. Anchor Steam. Heavy gonna, Anchor Steam. <laughs> also going to shout out Michael Jackson. Uh, the English OG who made mm. the beer industry in America what it is now. Okay. Um, oh, by okay. him writing so many articles about what was going on in America and what was going on in England and what was uh. going on in Belgium and having this beer appreciation that people didn't have. And when was this? When did he exi- When was he? He was in like he was around in the late eighties, early nineties, and really popularized uh, the the industry and created this market. Well, he didn't create the market, but he wrote about the market mm-hmm. in the U.S. and had, you know, created interest globally for us. Right. And that was that was huge. So for a guy like him to be able to do that is 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 huge. And, and that's what helps, you know, change people's perception of the beer. Gotcha. So what happened? And this is coming to my head. What happened with beer after Prohibition? What do you mean? Yeah. Like, okay, so... We now have beer. We right. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So, so what were some of the big... What are, wh- here, here, How are we I, I at kinda, where we're I, at today I, I kinda, with the flavors I kinda, after Prohibition? Because I was going to kind of ask like the same question. And, and you mentioned... It, so, Beer Wars is a movie that I've talked about with, with you guys mm-hmm. before, I think. But yep. that, they definitely talk about how a lot of the companies in the early 90s, microbrew industry kind of blew up. That's when you really saw that, that uptick. Prior to the 90s, was it just mainstream beer companies for the most mm-hmm. part? Your Miller, Second your Coors, your, your Bud Light? And then prior to that, 
post-prohibition, like so, between the 20s to the early 90s, were you what seeing was it like? microbrew so, companies pop up and gain steam? Were you seeing any type of like market where a flashy can and a good tasting beer was really gaining steam? Or is mm-hmm. it only now when consumerism is like, obviously the last 30 years has been on this so, crazy spike, that microbrews are now a thing where like, oh, I'm going to go... This is a thing I can indulge in and consume, and now it's prohibition a- ruined the beer industry. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Okay. So pre-prohibition, there was a lot of different that styles. That was a powerful of statement okay. too. So you, for sure, prohibition in your opinion, yeah, ruined, it ruined the beer, the beer industry, industry. Like, in America, in America, or period, in America. Okay. How, you can't say period. Right, because it, okay. it was only here. But only here. I just didn't know if there were like certain influences that now got out of it and never no. came back or. What happened? Nah, just, just in the states, just in the states, because you had all these breweries. Like you know, there was literally a street in Brooklyn called Brewers Row. Okay. And there was pre-prohibition. Pre-prohibition. Sorry okay. about that. Right. Pre-prohibition. Okay. And you know they were in New York because we had some of the best water, and you had all these Germans living out there mm-hmm. and making. You were, you, he was talking about the water quality out here in Texas the other day. That's crazy that you yeah. can really tell the difference in just like the oh, water yeah, quality. Just the water. Makes, you think makes it's a better? whole different That's beer. That's what makes a Guinness a Guinness. If you go to go to Ireland, <clears throat> you got to drink the Guinness there. That's, that is real Guinness. It right. has the high bicarbonate levels, just the different type of water. Yeah. They're using the same well. Mm. Um, yeah, he's talking yesterday about how yeah. the beer out here is, or the water out here is different and affects the beer. Oh yeah, because there's a lot of limestone in the water. Or yeah, it's a lot yeah. harder. It's a lot harder. Yeah, and so it's yeah. good for certain styles, but it depends yeah. on what you're doing. And that's why in in Europe you're gonna find breweries that only make certain styles of beer right. because of the access to water that they have, mm-hmm. compared to now in the states where we can make several styles of beer because we could treat the water. When we get to this level, I'm getting thirsty. <laughs> At this point, it's like golly. <laughs> There's a lot of culture that goes into this beer making. So pre-prohibition, there was Brewers Row. Yeah, so you had you know you had a bunch of breweries, and it was it was they tried to survive, but the reason why that a lot of them um, didn't really survive was because they were only making soda, and that's could, what I was going to bring up. They <laughs> can only survive yeah. so long off of making soda, and uh, not making beer. It, it basically killed them. They, a lot of them had to close. Mm-hmm. So because they weren't growing. Then these guys who you know, like mm-hmm. the Bud, Coors, all of them, they had uh, different distributors that they owned the distribution networks that got the beer out there. Yeah. And by them owning that is what got their brands to be so big. And how do I put it? So we got to a point where you can you can kind of look at the beer history, right? In the 50s or so, where beer just kind of just plateaued. Yeah. It's where know. we were drinking in the martinis. Where in, the, in the 50s, 60s? Martinis, yeah. cocktails. Well, because it's know, a faster process. That. And that came all out of awesome. prohibition. So people were really getting into cocktails because they yeah. could only really have access to liquor. Like, no one was making a it bunch takes of beer. Because a lot of time to grow. And you're going to sell so much yeah. of it, you can't just store beer barrels and just, mm-hmm. not, you know, whiskey's going to be a lot easier to sell. Mm-hmm. But, like, literally, they had cans at one point that were just white. And it had a black print on it that just said beer. Mm. Like, who cared what it was? Right. Was you were just show. drinking it at that point. Just drinking yeah. beer. So okay. that's what killed the industry. Mm-hmm. And then you had, you know, smaller guys like Anchor Steam, for example. Do you um, think it's ever rebounded or seen? on the course for a rebound? Like, what what was before the prohibition that made it so once that happened, it was killed? <clears throat> what I mean, what was happening different in the beer culture, the beer industry? Pre-prohibition to post-prohibition. Well, refrigeration. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that. But and 
I mean, there were just different styles around yeah. too. There, so once, mm-hmm. oh, so prior to prohibition, you know, you have all these different recipes that you can, you know, look up online and whatnot and do a little research. But a majority of the, you know, lagers they made and just the lighter styles that we would think of, mm-hmm. they were six percent. They were higher ABV. They were bigger mm-hmm. beers, and they were done lo- more locally. You know, refrigeration kept it from, you know, like mass production and once technology really picked up and we got commercial refrigeration and and driving trucks that were cold you know that that really played it and and then i mean and then you got to think about it with the sports industry you got the big guys like bud and them they Mm -hmm. capitalized on that in the 80s 70s 80s yeah and boom you have like the king of beer and uh, so you consider moves that. like that killing the industry just because? No, it's like I think big. that I think that's genius. Like, I mean, Heineken's around because the dude marketed Heineken. That was he just had a great campaign ad mm-hmm. for Heineken beer throughout mm-hmm. the the forties, fifties, sixties, and on, and just same with really Dos Equis. Yeah, yeah. I can remember com- commercials back to when I was like a child. Corona, just sitting on the beach with the fucking lawn chair. It's like the Corona commercial for life. So, Thanks, but bro. but w- w- what comes with that though is, it's it it doesn't matter the product. Like I mean, it does matter the product, right? You need to put a consistent and good product out. But yeah. y- you know, you have to be consistent with that quality if you want to last that long and get mm-hmm. that big. Like they honestly, like you can never you can easily walk down to a beer store. Buy a couple, buy a six pack IPA from whatever brewery. Yeah. It's oxidized. But if you would have got some Budweiser, it's going to taste like Budweiser. It's mm. going to taste like it. And they're making them gigantic, like football sized, football field sized fermenters, you know, mm-hmm. just like huge amounts of this stuff. And it's amazing. And their it's, it's crazy how they can be that consistent. And that is. So what, what do they do with the batches that aren't? I mean, I guess that. From what I hear, it, so it turns into uh, no. What, what what you do uh, is they just blend bush light. It's, it's so if, they, if you get a bad batch, it turns into bush light. Yeah, no, no. You're just you're just blending. Like I, it, Budweiser is made at Budweiser, so mm-hmm. like they're only making that product there. Right. But they have so many fermenters that they have this quality control panel where they know to reach this. So you basically have to be an engineer. You need to be a scientist and you need to know what you're doing and Mm. how you can achieve that. And now there is technology called mass spectrometers that tell you all of this. So like, for example, you can literally take a sample of beer now, stick it in one of these spectrometers. It will tell you the starting gravity, the final gravity, the alcohol content, the um, IBUs, the bitterness of the beer, it'll tell you every little detail about it. And the crazy mm-hmm. part is the starting gravity. Right? Yeah. So like incredible. when like, you start actually so when, when you, to the final when, product. When you are done brewing the beer and you add your yeast, yeah, that yeast is just going to eat all those sugars, spit out alcohol and CO2, mm. and it will end. But it's crazy that this machine can literally just tell you, Hey, it started here, ended here. It's this. Alcohol how much is percent. somebody? How much is somebody that's running the ship at a, like a Miller Coors brewing? Oh, you're. Brewing? I mean, if you're if you're a head brewmaster there, you make a hundred and twenty thousand around there. Plus. So we can maybe Very segue nice. into the. But you segue need to, you need the, to have have like a master's of chemistry. You need to be a mat like. Oh, you, you, it's so not it's like an thing. easy job. Like like seriously, like a lot of craft breweries. 
it's it's guys who just really love beer and they study it a whole bunch but there are brewers where there's there's programs you know uh cybel institute of technology yeah, yeah, in chicago yeah. it's a serious thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. there, there's i mean it's very hard to that's get what, to that level that's what that's what initially pulled my string and wanting to get david in here and talking about the beer is because he me and him were talking after he had moved in and whatever we were just shooting the shit about the beer industry and doing a bunch of stuff and then he mentioned a brewer's union and all of a sudden, <laughs> like, he mentioned it, and I was like, okay, cool. And, like, I thought it was just going to be a normal conversation, and he just got way jacked. And, like, <laughs> went way down this rabbit hole. Not this rabbit hole, but he just went super in-depth with why there should be a brewer's union, why there should be some sort of support. So there some is sort no of, not. There is not. not now, no. Oh, okay. you guys would be considered, just so the people that don't understand beer can be on the same page. You guys are brewers, right? You guys aren't working for big. Are you guys considered independent brewers? Yeah. So for you guys, you were talking about there being a union that supports independent brewers, right? That you could join into. Well, to well, well okay, of, okay. So, so what I was going off that. of was, <clears throat> from my experience in 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 working in a commercial. Before I, I think right? it's important though, because yeah. the way you spoke about it was that hey. There needs it, quality it is, quality control. It yeah, is an yeah. industry. And, and, it and is an industry that people are putting their lives into, and, and they need they need to be risk. supported, there's, and there's they need lot. to be uh, represented in some way, in yeah, in in some way that isn't like everybody individually representing themselves or just playing that part. They need a body that represents themselves and that gets them the proper, whatever it is, resources. Whatever it may be, there needs to be somebody that represents brewers across the board. Yeah, yeah. union, yeah. guild, yeah. whatever. I mean, I mean, so so I all I was you know thinking about when I was working was this job is very rigorous. You really need to know what you're doing, and you know there's a lot of little little details that only a brewer knows, and you only get that with experience. I mean, I can honestly say that it is a in it it's a you're a jack of all trades when you're mm-hmm. a brewer you need to know a lot of different things and need to know what's going on at all times and just be able to multitask and you're putting out a lot of product and to m- maintain consistency that is a skill and it's to me it's just like hey if i have been cutting hair or welding or well, not cutting. there's no barber union. I don't think. No, but, if you're uh, like in welding, the actors welding, or, or actors guild, or, or something like that, it's a skill. It's it's very tough. Like you can't. You, no no average Joe Schmo can just walk into a brewery, an actual deal. brewery, and it's and you're dealing with a lot of machines that can actually kill you. Like mm-hmm. I mean, this is stuff like you are exposed to chemicals. You're exposed to a lot of harsh conditions. I mean, just think you're you're walking around in wet, damp environment with chemicals everywhere, right. every single day, mm-hmm. and you know your boots are falling apart you yep. know it's just and and the average pay is just not it's 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 hardly enough for the hours that you're putting in and what the returns are for said brewery and exactly. you know and and that's why the big guys like i mean that's why they pay the big bucks for these brewers right they're not necessarily doing the um intense manual labor and whatnot mm-hmm. i mean but they even those jobs that are the more manual because it's they more, are paid a little bit better the jobs are more micro yeah so yeah yeah i mean i mean if you're if you're starting out a brewery right you sweep the floor you, you can't you can't afford to pay some somebody like thirty thousand a year right like if you're starting out and you need somebody who just do maintenance and cleaning and whatnot mm-hmm. what's what's more cost effective for you putting a dude on paying him thirty thousand a year 
or just saying, hey, you like to brew, you want to brew, like I find an aspiring guy and it's great. This is how you can grow in the beer industry. And I do you recommend want an it. In? Cool. You want an in. Sweep my shit up for a little bit. Exactly. Like, exactly. They do that it's all, all about the th- internship. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. And that's, and, and, and that's great. And that, that is honestly a great way to go up, but then it hits the ceiling where it's like, Oh wait, well, yeah, you're gonna just wait get till paid you this get month. put in that position well, maybe, where maybe you, it shouldn't you, be. You go in there, but that's it. Maybe it shouldn't be a and union. And maybe it should saying. be more along the lines of a guild. You become an apprentice. You step up. You there are levels. A are union, there levels already? To, to there is there is in unions. There, there is in unions like a grocers. So I was a part of the grocery. Well, I mean union. specifically in. I mean, I but, but I'm also already? I'm also I'm also just uh, saying, you know, if maybe in terms of say your. If you're a brewer, right, and you're making all these recipes or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you protect your recipes. individual? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like what what you what's do? that called? Uh, uh, intellectual, intellectual property. Intellectual property. property. Yeah. You know, how do you protect that? And then and then like, and why know. does the brewery get to own it and not you, even though you created it? Yeah. Right. And, and it's your recipe. It's right. yours. Makes and, sense. And why why can't you know? There's just a lot of a lot of little things like that that if this industry. Well, it starts from guys like you. It's hard to address, and you, and, know? you know, I mean, there is a large large budget in the brewing for the Brewers Association and other things like that. This was but my point was to start the the brewers union fire was my point. Well, <laughs> yeah. Because no, because the yeah, way he was true. the other day, and it's it true. is true. So if I can just kind of paint that picture, I worked for Ralph's, which is a huge grocery chain in California. They have a union. They basically have someone that represents you. And I was young at that time. I was 16, but I was in a, in a job. It was one of my first jobs that I ever had. And they have someone that represents you. And they say, hey, you know, you are guaranteed to make this amount of money. These are your benefits. They have someone that represents you when it comes down to yeah. the company. A lot of these kids that I'm working for uh, that, that I, that you know, like in, in the past, I know a lot of people. They hardly can make minimum wage, you know. And yeah. and, and, and they're, they don't have health care. They don't have and any they're of making this. But they're pl- playing with caustic and acid, like stuff that can make the people literally physically – Harm you and make you go. Not only that, but you you're you're the the brewers are the reason for the product that's making exactly. that company money. Exactly. I created the drink, the juice, whatever you want to call it. They're putting in their mouth that they're paying for. Yes. You should be represented properly. You should a hundred percent be taken care of. There should be some sort of overseeing body that at least. You know, maybe you do start off on like some program where you kind of level up, but once you can prove or you pass the test or you get certified or you do that that amount of work that you need to do, you put in your hours, you become a part of this union where they will now protect you. Hey, you are a brewer, right. you brew beer. If you work for any company that 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 sells beer or yeah, that you exactly. create something for, this is what you are allowed to do and what they're allowed to do there's your rights you ever have a, we will represent you you know we, we yeah. you'll get this and this and this but then we, your work. then and we go down the, the road of pay to play so if you're not part of the union you don't get to play that's true but and that's the but problem with that unions. gets difficult too i mean but the same thing with but okay with so the, the same thing's going on with mma right now like there's no fighters union uh-huh. for mixed martial arts right so mm-hmm. all these fighters are going into like the ufc and the ufc is able to say well you don't get to wear your sponsors in the cage you don't get to do this and you don't right. get to do that because we're paying you this amount of money mm-hmm. take it or leave it you want to take it cool you're fighting for the biggest company on the on the planet you don't want to take it that's awesome we don't fucking need you to go play for somebody else well, you can what, go to another company and wear your sponsors on the short we, but you're not going to get 
the recognition. You're not going to yeah. get the TV time. You're not going to get that representation. And that, that's a great conversation. I think we should we should hold it until we finish the burger because that but goes into the, the next. But it's along the same lines. It, it the is. union, that representation, like, and that's what we were talking about. That's yeah. what we connected on is that 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 union to represent. You're technically an independent contractor. You exactly. have a recipe. You don't have a recipe. You and eight people or a team created or a company created. It's your recipe. You need to be represented. Yep. Roger yeah. needs to be represented. Yeah. If you guys like, are both members of the union, cool, go start a company, do your thing, but you guys are both represented. Exactly. And, and, and There's it's, no... And it's good for several reasons. One of the biggest ones is kind of like you can figure out who you're hiring. Yes. You know they're qualified yes. for the job, and they're not just some random homebrewer yep. that got a job brewing, that really didn't have a professional training, and... Now it's just going to work. They the passed system the as test or the certification you that know, was required. Exactly, and that and that in itself is huge. But even beyond that, besides quality control, it's also a thing of like having respect for um, your employee. And like for me, you know, I, re- I I love brewers. They're the rock stars. They're the underappreciated rock stars of the beer industry. And it's something that I love home brewing. I love making beer, but I wouldn't want to do professionally because I know they're overworked. And when you're and it's, it's 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 ridiculous to me that a bartender who's just selling beer that probably knows less than a t- like a fit uh, than like ten percent I don't know, not that much about beer is getting paid more at certain bars about that sell beer than these brewers that are making the beer that are making the beer that are putting in the recipes yeah, and putting in, in the recipes. hours that are and working with the chemicals. And putting, you know, yeah, and, and having to deal with big risks, and it's just, it's not fair. Where is the balance? And you that's had a why guy, you had a guy at your old brewery in, in New York that got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And was there anything? Would talk about that? Or was he brought it up? No, okay. I'm not going to talk. About all right, all right. We don't have to. <laughs> but it was an incident where someone got hurt, and was there any representation? All right then. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Look, look. All right. My point has been made. Exactly. There's risk f- from beginning to end. It, it doesn't matter if it, it, the risk is uh, where it's being brewed or where it's being distributed. The, 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 it could, could be a bad batch. You might pick up that bottle drinking and that person dies. No, no, no. No, no that, let's be that, honest. That literally cannot happen. Yes, it could. No, no. It could. I mean. It won't go that far. No, no. It's, it's, it can't. It's, and it how has though? happened. How, though? No, but how? Yeah. How? Yeah. No, Dosing. I mean, the thing this happens in the UFC. Things with come out chemicals bad. that are super fucking dangerous, not right. with beer. But you you're not put, putting out a beer of a yeah. batch of beer where one glass is going to kill somebody. That's shit not happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, shit happens. no, no, no. Come on. You can you can say okay. that. Well, well then that's recalled, and then that company. Yeah, at, at, on a big level, on a big yeah, scale. On a huge level. But know. we're talking about these microbreweries. But that still would happen. Like, but the worst thing with a microbrewery is that the bottles are going to blow up on the shelves. That's the worst thing that's ever going to happen. It's never going to kill. You're not going to kill somebody. You cannot kill somebody. You this is you why can you say probably, that with this anything. This is an argument though. for a union. You can say that to with construction workers. Not, no, yeah, I am the saying that. That's the union. exact argument that well, I'm right. making. That's why so you need a union. What you're doing is you're placing getting and saying that that couldn't happen. It can't happen. So since it can happen, you know, you can't blame a brewer for it being as hard as it is to brew against the person who's trying to distribute the bottle from a bartender point of view. So when he hands it off across the table, it's just as much of a risk as it is for the, the brewer. So, you know, yeah, everybody needs everybody in the whole industry needs some sort of protection. Is there a bartenders union? No. No. Well, right. So then, there's no. But I mean, they don't okay, care you're making the wrong argument against what I'm saying. I'm not making the wrong. Right. I was just asking though. There's so, not, right? Yeah. The so is isn't isn't needed. What is 
is yes, it's difficult, but you take the risk getting into the industry, right? That's not the way. What's the risk, though? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. The fact that there, it's alcohol. You're dealing with alcohol. Yeah, but you're dealing with things that people are allergic to. There are people out there with consumption. Yeah, but it's not their responsibility. But that's what I'm saying. You won't be hired into a serving position, at least in Texas, without having that alcohol servers. Thing, yeah, but that's thing, that's but not what I'm saying. Just, you're just saying that there is a risk potentially. Is that there's all? There's risk saying? potentially. Well, so that's from what the they beginning, do. But, 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 you, can't you literally will not. You cannot die. It's a, they, there is but no. There's risk in everything. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you're working at T-Mobile, so why have it blow up? What, just like the, the, the construction tower. What's the production of a unit? Well, the union is gonna okay. So what we were talking about, yeah. So he get laid off because a brewery got shut down because they weren't their sales weren't that great. So now this brewer is out of his job. Okay, that's where the, does he turn to? The risk, right? Where where does he? But where does he turn to, right? So like, so I like, guess to a la- like a labor what? finder or headhunter or or someone else to replace him in another job. I yeah, mean, but, if that but, you have to think ahead, you have to think into the future. What I'm saying is, is say say you you do have maybe this more of a community where there are. Mm-hmm. There is communication where there are these jobs or whatnot available yeah. where they know, okay, well, this guy's qualified to fix bottling lines. This guy's qualified to, yeah. uh, you know, operate this. There's a, there's so many different So more jobs. of something like what, there's what so many you different work in, a co-op. A more exactly. of along the lines of a co-op, not a union. Well, no, but uh, see, a union a union represents represent. all bases. Like, right. He doesn't but know if that's Blackstar where protects got, him. When you, when you start talking unions, it's the first thing big corporations – uh, tr- try to get away from because you're just putting money into something that necessarily will just be a long legal battle between the union and the big, big, big. But the reason the point that you get representation, yeah, because a lot of people don't go about. in. A lot of people don't go into jobs knowing but all their rights, yes, all their, yes, all their but establishing unions their- don't have a penny compared to what big business has. So when you have a, well, when you join a union, you could just be putting money into it. Yeah, for no but the reason. point is, is that they they're never going to win. They it, the fact that there is some sort of representation there to begin with, though, what's what's wrong with having the union? I guess then, if if you think that a union is not necessarily the way, what's wrong with having the union? Why wouldn't why shouldn't they have a because they union? could it could just be a, a Ponzi scheme. No, but you, that's could, why you get somebody just that's be liable. So okay, perfect. Yes, yes, no, perfect. I agree. Perfect. We can go with MMA. Yeah, okay, yeah, so back to the MMA thing. So the MMA union thing didn't work out because they got the wrong people to represent them. And then when they went legally to get a, to get all their legalities figured out, the lawyers that are behind a bunch of big name fighters basically mm-hmm. said, "Hey, you have the wrong people representing you. Right. They don't have your interest in mind." Yes, we can't do whatever it would take to do to get a union built mm-hmm. because of the people that are running that ship. Yes. So you would obviously have to find someone that knows about unions and the importance of unions and why they're necessary for certain things. Like and why this. they're not necessary. How are they not you necessary? Have, you have to know both sides you of the coin to establish. You just got real anti. I did. I've worked for unions before and, I've have, and I don't work for a union currently and I think unions are good. I think unions are really good. What's negative? I don't know if there is really a negative to not having a You're union. shilling out money. Continue to shell out money that you could be using towards advancing your corporation or your business or your personal brand toward, an, toward another level. But you're shilling out money that but it's you about know your employees right. are protected. The risk, but back to but the risk. Workers that right may be getting a quality happens. person to you do know. the job. Insurance. It's you like, know. what if you break your okay. leg? That's For, why. Why yeah, would insurance. you have health insurance? For instance, you know? insurance. Those are both good reasons. Most people don't. Most people will rather not pay premiums of insurance. 
then you don't have to. But if you want to be a brewer, you want to pay that premium and be represented, you have the right to. Yeah. Then we move into a boys club and a situation where it's more like you have to participate in this. Otherwise, you're not allowed to be a part of the party. I think anybody anybody that aspires to be a brewer would want to be a part of a brewer's union to know that they're represented well. Because I'm getting into an industry where I know that when I go and I work for a big company, Mm -hmm. a Miller, a Coors, a Carl Strauss, a Stone, a company that's established, I will be represented properly. I know that I will go in and have a starting wage. I'm not going to be able to go in and just get dicked around. Let's say, for example, Blackstar all of a sudden gets a ton of of investing money, right? Mm -hmm. And they all of a sudden can just start busting out a bunch of beer and they hire a bunch of brewers but pay them shit shit wages. Why right. is that right? That's not right. They're going to be put at just the risk that somebody at a major brewery that's that's put at the that's doing the but exact this is same not a, thing. This is not an issue. They're with getting the, paid this more is not money. Not an issue with the brewing industry. This is no, an no, industry. No, no. This is a, a whole uh, a na- national issue. More of like having what would a living you consider wage. It? Is it like a national issue or a bre- could I mean, the brewing I mean, industry establish a, a union and it be good? Or that's the positive part. They could make a move to reestablish a living wage. That's what they could do. But they're not going to do that. And why is that? The reason why is because when you're an owner of a brewery, you can easily find that dude who wants to go load boxes and do that stuff. But, you know, work for eight bucks an hour. Yep. You can go find that guy. And that's like, the person and, that the union's not. It's just and not they worth don't it. want. Right. Yeah. So then don't join the union. But, but he wants to become a brewer. What I'm so saying the is no, because then you shilled out all the money you just made to get to potentially. What about becoming a lawyer? A, you have to pass the bar exam to become a lawyer. Okay, that's not the same argument. How is it not? Because you're investing inside into a business. The union okay. is not a business. The University of Texas is a business. Right. By having that label, you number one have UT behind you. You get a diploma at the end. Being a part of union is like. Okay, let's all come together. It's like the United States, for instance. We're all under the United States. Right. You know, everybody's coming together. We come with our politics. We come up with ideas. But there's no prize but at the end? There's no prize at the end. Right. I know what a union is. I'm not, yeah. That's yeah, not yeah, the yeah, point. Yeah. The but, point but, is... But, but, but that's why, like, okay, why, why, why do people want to be a welder, right? Yeah, there's a welder's union. There's a why? grocery union. How are you going to go A welder's that. argue for no union constantly. My, my Someone back in for groceries gets You know union. how many people, uh-huh. like, are in welding unions and actually make... Uh, grip of because money. of the no, I agree. Of the union. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because well, that's supply and demand. We, yeah, it's not yeah, because, because they're a part of a good union, union that knows well, how well, to get those supply and demand. Because, because there's enough work. That's their then the job succeeds. as 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 a union mm-hmm. is to go and seek out and find these. I jobs think it's probably safe workers. to say that neither of us have the extensive knowledge to talk unions. I don't either. I can't either. And really know it. But from my experience personally, unions have been good. So, and there's a big argument for T-Mobile to be in union. AT&T is a union. No, AT&T just went on strike for two weeks because of some shit that happened. They got paid for that's it. That's not. That's very. Uh oh. We got this. It's all good. Sorry. Keep going. Keep talking. That's very uh, unfortunate for the consumer though, because that who pays for the fact that they went on strike? What do you mean? The consumer, because they didn't work. Well, okay. So I get that. I get. Okay, I get what you're saying. But I mean, so, but I'd u- rather pay a little more as a consumer to make sure that my fellow like neighbors, yeah, have. I agree. As a that's why I said this is a, a, politi- a, a matter of politics, and it's not about a union. Mm, that's why I, I said it that it's more about the living re- wage instead of it. I mean, it would be no, great. I think if it's a it union would be thing. great 
if there was a community of people came, who came together, established a discourse, and decided that it would be better for the overall community if they all decided there would be a living wage, uh, there would be services that protected right. everybody. But that's not going to happen because as soon as there's one union, another union is established, and then there's now a diverge, uh, uh, like a. Uh, fork in the road. Why would Miller and Bud? Why would you have a union for Miller? You have a union for Bud Light or Budweiser. Why would it be that way? Yeah, it would probably be more regional. And then it's and then it's and then we then we go down another rabbit hole and then because we were we were no because we were talking about this. You could legitimately get somebody some sort of and yeah, you probably would have to dig politically to find somebody to represent it or to put it out there and get it into the right hands and the right people, the right funders, whatever it may be. The right lobbyist. Somebody to talk oh, hard. But, but you could get somebody that would represent brewers across the board. You, yeah, if you wanted to go and Miller wanted to start their own union, yeah, but then that's Miller having to come out of pocket to start their union. No, 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 no. It's it, I'm just I'm just branding the the union. Yeah, so for yeah. instance, like in, with 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 the actors union, it was SAG. Af, SAG it's now SAG after. Right. It used to be after and SAG. SAG got so big they had to. Con- they had to c- combine the two because nobody in after was getting jobs. So did that hinder the people that were in after once yes. they combined? Once they combined, Potent- potentially there is but argument. It potentially there made is it argument. well, right? No, but there is no. argument that uh, people who were in after because they didn't because they didn't get their resumes built up the same way that SAG was was working out after people came into it and they were just shilling out money to support the actors that were already in SAG. So it's like. They're good. Unions are good when it's a singular union. Whoa. Because even yeah. though Texas does have its laws and they are a little bit more strict than other states, mm-hmm. what did you say? There was 40 bre- microbreweries that are in just Austin area just alone awesome. yeah. mm-hmm. that are trying to make it, mm-hmm. and there's not a union. I guarantee you there's a plethora of pay rates between the shittiest brewery of the 40 to the best brewery so of the 40. So the, the union and should not, be regional. I mean, you would hope that it would be. I you know, I couldn't say. I, I have not gone that in depth. I'm just saying more representation for brewers. Well, so, we gotta, yeah. we gotta, we gotta make this thing happen if we're gonna make it happen. That that was my main. That's thing why is, we're going is, down this road. Wanted, we gotta, we gotta chill out all those, I wanted these David issues. To, to if talk I, if about I it. was, if I had chosen to go to law school, I might know a little bit more. No, about No, because unions, that's not it. That's not. It doesn't matter. Then, we can yeah. get people. To but then that was his argument, and that counters the argument of having a union. Well, no, 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 no. We can get. You have to be a lawyer to figure out about a union. Oh my God! How crazy! Do you actually have to defend yourself to know that you should be able to get into a union that's going to defend you? That makes no sense. Makes no sense. It's there, though, (laughs) right? I mean, is that not the is that not so? So okay, so. Do so the I'm just, I'm just, I, I, what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, yeah. you're asking way too in depth of questions with how a union would be run. Said it would say it was set since up since there isn't one established. Since there is nothing, this is just a theor- hypothetical idea. We're just shooting it out there. Like you're saying, what there's is the, these what is bylaws. The grocery, what does the grocery union do yeah. for the people that work at grocery stores? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly. about it. I don't it protects know them with health benefits and it guarantees them a certain wage. Well, you there. think? I have no well, idea. I do. I worked for a grocery union and it let me know that after my 90 days, I was covered with health insurance. Oh, okay. For whatever amount that came yeah, out of my Texas check. Yeah, but Texas is kind of hard. And it let me know that I had specific rights that it came to certain things. So if I had a disability or if I had a family, 
money and I had kids, yeah. I could go down these certain routes for but protection. But that might be a that might be a California thing. I guess. I no, guess. No, 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 no. no. The grocers union. Yeah, the grocers union is. It might also be a New York thing. That's what I'm saying. I was part of a union in New York for a brief time when I was a security guard, and like. What was great about them is that you had representation. If you needed a yeah. lawyer for something, if you got hurt on a job, there was somebody to represent right. you. You know, like you got, you know, <laughs> aside from workers' comp. But yeah, yeah, aside from workers' comp. Okay, gotcha. And it was like at least there was someone in your corner. That's yeah. what you paid your dues for. You know, yeah. you pay forty dollars yep. a month. Yep. So you have someone that is there when things go sour. Yeah. And that's and that's huge because not everybody but is aware. So I guess the. Everybody in Texas is kind of a part of that already with the Texas Labor Union. So if you do a labor job, you can go to the Texas U- Labor Union. But what's a labor a job? Is that any job? That any job. Work? Any job. Any yeah. job. Yeah. You go to them and you cool. file a complaint, uh, better business, basically against the Better Beer so Business the, Bureau. So the, the Grocers Union is national. Mm-hmm. And it's called the United Food and Commercial Workers International Union. Mm-hmm. And it covers all 50 states. It also covers, I guess, some some other. I, I, I honestly don't know what the benefits would be for independents. I don't know what the benefits would be for established companies. Again, so a I, union, you would have to hope that it would be taken. And that's just it. You can't just say, oh, hey, let's form a union and form a union. You'd have to hope that the people behind the union established it on a large scale, so mm-hmm. nationwide. It mm-hmm. protected us a wide variety of different people, different jobs, different uh, facets of brewing. Right. You would hope that there's proper representation. I think that the idea of having a union is probably an important idea. It's probably an, an, an idea that needs to be discussed amongst the people that are powerful in those industries, just because it does provide proper representation and protection for the people that want to get into the industry. And it is something that it, it is. It's, 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 a, it's a skill that could be exploited. It's a skill that could be used to make a lot of money and maybe not have the best. You know, you may not necessarily be a businessman. If you're brewing a beer, you may not make a multi-million dollar business because you're not a businessman. But if it's your recipe and you get in touch with a multi-million dollar businessman that can spend that money and you guys make a beer company, he could fuck you. You know, and it's your recipe that's making him all that money on top of that. So there should be some protection. Yes. You hope that the right it goes into the right hands. You hope the right people establish it, make it a thing, spread it. And you hope that companies support it and get behind it because it's only going to offer more protection for the people that want to get into the industry. I think that's the main thing behind it is, yes, there probably should be the option for a union people in the brewing in the brewing industry in the beer industry, wine industry, whatever it is, alcohol industry. There should be a discussion of a union to some degree to protect the people that are going into making these recipes and making these drinks and to representing them, exactly. I think. Yeah, but yeah. What you, you, I think a key thing you said was someone needs to come in, uh, obviously, with a bankroll and start well, it. Yeah. Start but it that, that's typically how a, how a brewery is made. And, you know, it's a you, million you, dollar business. you need to yeah. have some sort of investors or an investment plan already mapped out you know but prior before you can yeah. even start marketing it you have for to have anything. the label you have to have the you have to have everything to already done out to even go to taxes, a bar to say hey try my beer yeah. here's what's gonna sell my here's the logo here's the thing you have to have all so that it's a son of a bitch to start out in the brewing it is it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a, that's it's why it's i admire you guys yeah. is because you guys are kind of st- you it's something that it seems like a lot of people want to do brewing beer seems like again what everybody wants to do when they're younger hanging out with their buddies and their friends and they love beer so what so many people get into that idea of wanting to brew beer you guys are getting into an industry that almost seems saturated to to a point there san diego like you said there's over 100 breweries in san diego alone and san diego is quite small 40 in austin which Mm -hmm. is fucking crazy and 
you guys are getting into it and you guys have all these all these goals that you're going to try to accomplish and and you kind of have this to me it's a it's, it seems like a renewed i don't know a renewed perspective going into it but again, sure. I'm not super into the industry so but what you guys seem like you're coming in ready to go we're, we're coming go. in a little uh, i think just we've been wanting to do this for so long and mm-hmm. so we've seen market trends and we've seen how how breweries have succeeded and how some haven't grown nearly as big you know and especially in different regions yeah and that's the biggest thing just the experience that uh, just i i've at least personally had you know go into all these different regions i've seen so many different styles like flop or make it you know and Mm -hmm. just what's popular here what's popular there how did they market it in these certain areas who did they market it to you know just what was the style and you know it's it's a something that if you're passionate about i don't know you know if if you're passionate about shooting uh three pointers you know go shoot three pointers for days and days and days and days and you know maybe you'll make it to the nba you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 a risk you gotta take but if you're good enough at it and you get good enough at it then who knows what you can do and honestly it's to me brewing beer is one of the coolest things because it's really chill like you can honestly hang out all day and make a beer with your friends it's not a high stress thing you know when you are making massive amounts of it yes it becomes a little bit stressful but if you do you know like what i'm saying is small badges it's a little less stressful and you can care a little bit you know more into like what kind of ingredients you're getting how fresh are they? Where did you get them from? You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to think about buying massive quantities of fresh like vanilla from, you know, you can just go get smaller amounts and, you know, just keep it smaller. Fresh it's vanilla. A, I, think what dri- I think what drives a conversation, uh, a heated conversation like that is that in order to get like a good investor, you got to work your ass off. You do. You do. And, um, and having a, a union that would protect you against uh, a bad investor or or someone who's looking to buy you out or or uh, use you till you. That's know. probably one and of the most important parts about a union is if you create a recipe and you have a beer that you've branded as your own and someone wants to come in and all of a sudden sell it and distribute it. How do you know legally what's yours and what's yeah, not? What you know, is yours? If you mm-hmm. go in and you put something in someone else's bottle, you know who's to say that that's that's your you know. I mean, and could, that's probably and you could couldn't protect you people from literally as a brewer couldn't leave that spot and go to another. Sp- Place and make that, that same, same beer. beer yeah exactly. because it's their beer yeah but at, right. but at the same time why aren't you getting a percentage of whatever the sales is exactly it's like music rights you know like, like wow. if, you, if, that, if that song gets played like if you're gonna go to something if you're gonna know, bring like, that up like for me uh you know in in college you, you sign over everything yeah no no no. I, I mean it's part of the it's part of the rigmarole the, the task and a lot of the times you know what happens is that you come up with an idea and you don't you find out later that someone stole your idea in pre-production and they just had the bankroll to do do it before you and you know we've with my with my project uh and and Brian has been working with me we've noticed over the past you know month and a half that people have tried to bite off our, of our stuff and seeing how it goes not doing the same way you know but maybe the flavor is coming out the same way to the consumer yeah. You're not doing it the same way, but the flavor is still coming out the same way. I know that's one of the biggest things I've been fighting with is because a lot of the outside uh, pressure has been uh, do it this way. It'll perf- it'll perform better that way. Well, it's not going to perform better in the long run, but it might in the short term. Does it does it 
do you brew in the beer? I mean, obviously you guys both brew your own beer. Does it, is there ever a point where you guys may go into somebody else's business just because you see an opportunity to maybe get your beer out there, get your beer distributed? Do you guys ever see that being an option or is it just going to be strictly yours? Well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, there's, it's never like a, I mean, I I like brewing. I, I, who, who, I definitely wouldn't mind working for any other brewery or anybody else, you know, and, it's, I mean, some it, people may know the, the job, but, stay small. but you know, everybody wants you know they want to they want to start their own. That's like why there's so many. Musician. That's why you sell out and sign to a major label. Oh, exactly. you know, you're a sellout. Yeah. You yeah. make a dope beer. All of a sudden, no, no, somebody no, no, wants no, no, to no. pick you up and but, make it their recipe. But if if thing. if that's the thing, if that's the case, it's like I mean, I I get it. Like, yeah, you want to buy that brand or whatever, but. That that would come down to that time, and I mean, isn't that just specific situation? You know, that's everybody. That's any business person. It's it's how you think it would uh, impact you the best. You know, like w- w- do you need to sell out? Should you sell out? You know, I I've known I've seen a lot of good business decisions go out when breweries decide to merge together, mm-hmm. and they can. It's not selling out, but kind of you know like you're they're sharing resources. sharing you know and, okay. and and other things like that and it's that like makes sense. They're sharing you know it's it's just helping out the community like they're they're still crappers they started as that small guy you know it's not like everybody's trying to get up and going it's it's a lot easier to well sometimes sometimes they start off as a craft brewer others they you know family money whatever maybe oh yeah yeah but you, and and you can and you can honestly like i mean some of those times like yeah they they have good money and they make solid beer mm-hmm. and hell yeah good for them they don't need to sell out they don't yeah. need to do that like they they're doing it because they want to do that like that's daddy's money or whatever you mm-hmm. know like they they can do whatever they want with it and uh it's cool like it's cool it's it's beer it's, it's all like getting that product and you know there's so many different types of beer mm-hmm. that there's so many ways you can go at this industry that there's so many ways you can go at it like it just in the concept the theme of your bar the the way you're selling it what you're producing what you're doing like there's there's an infinite amount of ways you can do business, you know, and right. and who cares if it's beer focused? It can be focused in other things, you know. Right. But no, you're I right. think just craft beer in general, like that's one thing that is a staple, especially in throughout America in major cities at mm-hmm. least, you know, craft beer is in every yeah. big city now. Like mm-hmm. you will go to so many different bars it has and its own if you do not have craft brew- beer right. on tap, most of the time it's going to be just some divey bar that you know college kids go to or something like that which or or a dad bar yeah Yeah, yeah, dad bar corporate i mean you know but but even even corporate even corporate no corporate's getting into that man they i mean you you can look at like go on an air flight you know american airlines and stuff they have crap beer on in the do you consider like an ipa a craft beer i i mean it depends on the the size of size of the brewery you know and i mean ipas yeah that is i would say at this level there's probably guinness ipa is not a craft beer. Just because right. Guinness just is gigantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you don't see IPAs. There are a lot of people that don't like I think, IPAs. I, I think right? it's also like just you a You won't see a Bud Light, a Budweiser IPA. Yeah. You're not going to see a Miller, Miller Light or a Miller IPA or well, a Coors speak, IPA. Would you but, consider Deep Eddie? I mean, that's local here. Deep Eddie IPA. You know, that's, is that a craft? I guess, yeah, it's a craft beer. 
T-Petty. I don't know enough about the brand. Yeah, I didn't know T-Petty. Yeah. I thought T-Petty was vodka. Is that vodka? Yeah, just started it. Vodka. They just started their T-Petty. Idea. They did beer? No, I didn't Recent. know that. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, if it, it, I think it comes to your That's production kind of size, but also it's, it is just like, I mean, that word craft is kind of silly to me. It's your, yeah. it's all a craft. You're doing the same thing. You just have a bigger machine to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's literally the same process. Like, from your kitchen, if you do it, you can do say, it with same whole, process in your kitchen. So Miller in your football thing. field, but you could have you. You this can is have different you, equipment to do it. Yeah, but literally, but you you both so could have sixty easy bake ovens. One guy's got one, uh, and, uh, you oh, know, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Brew cup, and, and, you know, and your sixty easy bakes are doing better than his one, uh, Mr. Brew. Yeah, you know, so it it, it does it. I mean, equipment. Mr. Brew is better than these. I think. Up. I mean, it, you but, know, it all depends. You know, yeah. like I mean, there are those big breweries that just kill it. Like we went to Pilsner Urquell in the Czech Republic, right? That's uh-huh. a that's an AB brand. Like it's a been bought out, you know. But they are huge in Pilsner Urquell. You find that everywhere. But when you're at that brewery and you're seeing the size of these tanks and then just the quality mm-hmm. of how good that Pilsner actually is, like. Right. It's 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 unbelievable and like it, that and, and that's craft and that is a craft similarities in the consistency between there and between New York and mm-hmm. I went to New Braunfels last week mm-hmm. and I had an unfiltered Pilsner Urquell and I was really surprised at how the quality kept up right it was it was really good mm-hmm. do you guys have like a top five favorite beers of all time. Each of you have that you can compile, or would that be too hard? Would that be too difficult to close out on? Yeah, I was, I somewhere in the top five beers. Well, what are you? What's your favorite? Right, you're well, yeah. What now? are you drink, guys drinking right now? Yeah, What's, what are the beers? If you had to recommend beers to listeners right now, three beers each. What would they be? We'll start with uh, Roger. What do you got? Three beers. Austin only. No, no, oh, no, no. Whatever. Okay. Um, Westbrook Mexican cake. Love that beer. Westbrook Mexican cake. Um, damn, this is a hard question. There's just so many good beers. Um, as of recently, I really enjoy I Can't Even from High Sign. I Can't Even. And that's from Austin. And then. I'll say Sputnik. I'll say the, yeah, the Sputnik. Sputnik. Sputnik's damn delicious. Go out and get some. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Do you got any? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to go say just drink that Pilsner or Cal. That stuff's so good. But, uh, yeah. uh, nah, but, uh, do, um, I can't think of anything specific right now because I am so new to the Austin area. But, uh, no, just any in general. Any in general. You, any in general. Right? I mean, I drink anything that says hazy next to it. So <laughs> I'm going like, I mean, anything by Other Half Brewing up at, out of Brooklyn. Um, you got, Shout uh, out Other Half Brewing. Yeah, yeah. Other Half's making good stuff. But, um, let me think. Trillium. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trillium up there. I like, you got, Drink that Ellicottville blueberry wheat. That's there that's, you go. That's the good stuff. Um, and then uh, you gotta let me think. What is a good one that I just drank? Uh, oh, uh, and uh, come come uh, drink some. Uh, what do you want? 
Oh, you should just try some manly hazy IPA next time. There you go. So is yeah. that is that the uh, man, whatever happened? Whatever yeah. comes of it, manly yeah. brew, manly beer, whatever it turns yeah. out to be, well, whatever thing it I is. I don't know that we're gonna be forever supporting it. Yeah, yeah we're, we're gonna up. we're gonna be uh, any, any anything you guys have. Let us know. Oh we'll yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. No, I mean that's all it is: is creating and getting getting everybody to try it that's and, all it is and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna you blast know. it out i pre- we're out of time that's why i'm wrapping it up all if right. it seems that way it's eight o'clock i appreciate you guys coming on and doing this uh i know that it was kind of last minute we just like brought it up like last week hey you want to do it but it was kind of cool i'm glad that we got to talk about the brewers union i think that's an important thing we're gonna mm-hmm. blast this out to as many uh beer pages and brewer pages as we possibly can because i think that's an important thing to talk about um and yeah, I'm excited for whatever you guys do. You guys are constantly working your asses off. Uh, Roger, I see you all the fucking time. And you've been doing nothing but moving since you moved down here, David. So it's nice to see you guys have that in motion uh, and, and see you guys working hard towards that. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, the work you guys put in. So thank, thank it's you nice. for having us it's in. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no, 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 no. Awesome. I'm glad you guys yeah, wanted nice, to come on and do it. Nice to be on the podcast. You know, yep. yeah, we'll yep. definitely do it again once you get well, after the beer, and we're gonna do the cooking thing. And there's a bunch of shit. Oh yeah, yeah, so. we got we got more. This, yeah. is, we, this there, is just part you, one. You will, this is you just will, part you one. will definitely hear more of David and Roger from the Bronx. I think Roger we might actually debut Roger from the Bronx New York Minute tonight. Yeah, he so. doesn't know about it, but we're gonna mm-hmm. debut it on the other show. Sweet. So it'll be a thing. But yeah, appreciate you guys coming on. Trent Knox, as always, being on the show. Appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, do you guys social media? Do you want people to follow you? You can. Some people will do it. People will listen and follow you guys. If you want people to follow you, if not, no big deal. Um, I'm at Brew Streak. Brew Streak, like Brew Instagram, like Blue Streak, but Brew Streak because it's beer. Yep. Brew Streak on Instagram. David, do you have anything? Uh, we got at Manly though, but Manly though. Uh, they, we are in the works of creating Instagram for our uh, current home brewing operation, just yes. to nice. at least put out word what we're making the home brew yeah the, yeah, the, yeah the home yeah. house house brew whatever yeah, yeah. it is we're, we're, we'll blast we're it out once you guys have it we'll blast it out yeah we're new this. we're new so but we're keeping it fresh and fresh beer is better hey, so. and it's they they're new as far as together but both beers or well i've had roger's beers his beers are fantastic i'm sure david's beers are fantastic and yeah you guys are going to do some awesome shit excited for it anything trent got anything i'm good no awesome live and local nine o'clock on yeah. tonight people aren't going to hear it though so no, that's okay all right Cool. Peace. Cheers.